Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year, and then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012. It's now the 19th day of July 2016. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this from a Sully Baseball studio in Palo Alto, California, the birthplace of Oakland A's manager, Bob Melvin, and just down the 101 from AT&T Park, the home of the San Francisco Giants. This is a strange day, and I kind of want to talk a little bit about a franchise that maybe, I, I hate to use the term in a crossroads, but there it's a strange time to be a Minnesota Twins fan. Um, the Twins had a surprising season last year. I, I thought they were going to be absolutely terrible, and they wound up being competitive. They wound up having a nice season. Uh, and they were in, they were in contention for a wild card spot right until the end of the year. And I thought to myself, you know what, I didn't think the Twins were going to have a great year this year, but I thought they had a ton of young players. They were coming off of a season where they defied all expectations. And I thought, well, do you know what? Maybe there's, maybe they're just building up from that. Well, it is, we're almost in late July. There's only a couple of weeks before the trade deadline. And the Twins are the second worst team in baseball. The worst team in baseball are the Atlanta Braves. And the second worst team in baseball are the Minnesota Twins. And that just shows you how far away 1991 was. But the fact of the matter is this. The Twins have had a... I mean, virtually everything has gone wrong for the Minnesota Twins this year. As they're right now, you know, after their loss to the Detroit Tigers... Uh, this afternoon, they, the, the Twins are 21 games out of first place. And in the wild card chase right now, they are 18 games out of a wild card position. They're at a point where if there are any veterans, especially veterans whose contracts are running out, or veterans who say, oh, you know what, they're probably not going to be that great in two or three years, you got to just start jettisoning. You just got to throw bodies over the side and see what you can get for them. Well, the news came about today that Terry Ryan was fired. Terry Ryan has been the general manager, has had two stints of being the general manager for the Minnesota Twins. And between Ryan and McPhail, and there was one other name, forgive me, I don't remember off the top of my head, there have only been, what, three general managers in the Minnesota Twins since the mid-1980s? And they've also only had three managers. Tom Kelly took over in 1985, managed them the rest of the decade, managed them throughout the 1990s, and up until 2001. That was Tom Kelly was the manager. Then Gardenhire from 2002, right to a few years ago, and Paul Molitor. The Twins have been a model of consistency within their organization. And it seems strange to say because it was a team that was about to be, you know, threatened to be contracted. But they've also had a big share of success. Obviously, they had a championship, a kind of a, you know, a weird fluke championship in 1987, but they won. They had a truly great championship in 1991 in the greatest World Series I ever saw. And then uh, a nice steady stream of uh, division titles and some success throughout the 2000s and right up until 2010. 
Last Twins uh, postseason was in 2010, their first year in the new stadium. After all the years of playing in the Metrodome, in the Twinkie Dome, in the Homer Hanky Dome, in the dome that looked like a, uh, it basically looked like a souffle. And the Twins played there and had obviously some tremendous success there. They move into Target Field, they make it to the postseason their first year, and haven't made it since. And Ryan has been one of those names, one of those rocks that you have with the Minnesota Twins, that you look at him and say, he is one of those faces. This is the way that you look at the Twins as the kind of organization that just, they keep their people intact. There is a continuity with the Twins organization. And evidently what happened was either the president or the, the, chair, the chairman of the board, whoever it is who's in charge of who makes the calls with the general manager, uh, told Ryan that they weren't going to keep him after the season was over. And Ryan basically said, well, screw it. If that's the case, then bye. Then, then let go of me now. And so they did. It's always weird when a general manager is fired so close to the trade deadline. It's really weird when it happens afterwards. But it's weird when it happens this close in front of it. But I guess it does make sense in a way. Because if the Twins are going to make a bunch of moves, and they should just sort of see what they can get. You're you're in what-can-we-get mode. You know, if you can get something for Irvin Santana, you can get something for some of the other players you have there, go ahead and get them. Go ahead and do it. Because you have to, you know, take advantage, especially... It is right now a big time a seller's market. You know, I've been saying the Yankees have to take advantage of this if they want to move forward. I know they've won their last couple of games and they're creeping back to 500. They're not going to do it. We all know that. They crept above 500 for about an hour. They're not going to do it. And for the Twins, it behooves them to try to get as many young players into the team as possible. They're going to have one of the top draft picks as well. And so maybe in, in next year's draft, so maybe the thought process is, hey, you know, if we're going to have someone else, you know, uh, uh, have the car keys for the team going on next year, why not do it now at this critical time? Of course, they're going to have an interim general manager to fill in, and maybe who knows what it'll be, but they'll they'll set up shop with the Twins. But... It's strange because I also think that with a change in the general manager position, Paul Molitor, who everyone gave credit for doing a great job last year because the Twins wound up having a good season, is probably not going to survive. Because if you're a general manager and you're going to come in, I mean, wouldn't picking your own manager be part of the job description? I would think so. So... Anyway, it's probably going to cost, I mean, it has cost Terry Ryan his job, but it's probably going to cost Paul Molitor his job. Is it harsh that they got rid of Terry Ryan? I don't know if it's harsh. You know, I mean, I've said many times about how the not being a sentimental organization is good for baseball. If you're, if you're trying to put together a winning baseball team. There's no sentimentality with the Red Sox. There's no sentimentality with the Cardinals. And, and they've had a lot of success recently. You'll be able to turn over some of the... If you've got to make a change, don't be sentimental. 2010, 
was this decade, but it was just barely this decade. And that was the last time they were even in a postseason game. They haven't won a postseason game since game one of the 2004 Division Series when Johan Santana beat the Yankees. They won the, the they lost the last three games to the Yankees in 04. They got swept by the Oakland A's in 2006. They got swept by the Yankees in 2009. They got swept by the Yankees in 2010, even though the Twins had home field advantage in 2010. They were a division winner. The Yankees were the wild card in 2010. You know, they won one playoff series, that stunning series, the one that they mentioned in Moneyball when they beat the A's. They beat the Moneyball A's in a series where the A's should have killed them. They got to the league championship series. Now, there's been some crap moves that Terry Ryan's made. He put together that run. Yes, he put together that run. But recently, Phil Hughes, disaster. Uh, Ricky Nolasco, not a very good pickup. Mike Pelfrey, hasn't done piddly-poo. So you take a look at, yeah, yeah, there are things that he's done wrong. There have been garbage games. There have been bad pickups. And the giant influx of great young players that are coming in. Byron Buxton, uh, Miguel Sano, Eddie Rosario, Kyle Gibson. They haven't really taken off big time. They haven't been the great, you know, uh, spark the way that someone like uh, uh, Correa has been with the Astros or like Lindor has been with Cleveland. I began the season saying there could be a whole mess of players who could really spark and make this Minnesota team really, really good. Well, it hasn't happened. And it's happening on Ryan's watch. And they're, they need to make a move. They need to do something different. And if they think that Ryan's no longer the guy, then they've made that decision. You feel badly for him because he's a baseball lifer. He's done a really good job. But alas, this is a results business. You know, trading away Wilson Ramos. Signing, uh, uh, God, what was the the guy from Japan they signed? Uh, Nishikoka, I think was his name. I don't remember. The fact that I don't know how to pronounce his name is a problem. Twins dipped their toe into the the international free agent market and came up with a dud. And so, whomever it is that takes over, the Twins, the model of consistency, the model of borderline permanence in some of their big jobs, are making a big change. It may change the culture. The Twins are not known for being an advanced metrics team. The Twins are not known for being a you know, for embracing the cutting edge. Maybe that's going to change. Gardenhire was dead set against it. Ryan, I don't know. It didn't seem like he was going to embrace it. Maybe they're going to change the philosophy of the team altogether. It would seem like that would be a smart thing to do if you're going to make a move like this. If you're going to say, okay, we're going to take our longtime general manager and tell him to not let the door hit his behind on the way out, then maybe the right answer is to do something very different. Give a different look, give a different feel, a different philosophy. If that's the case, then you got to get a new general manager and you got to get a new manager. You got to try everything different. You got to flip the table. You got to flip the narrative and do something new. You know, talking about flipping the narrative, though, 
I can't help but think about, oh man, a few things that could have been different for Terry Ryan. You know how we talk about how this general manager, that general manager, who's going to be in the Hall of Fame or not. And of course, a lot of people point to Billy Bean and say, oh, he's never won a title. But, you know, he did get a Brad Pitt film made about him. In that year, they talk about it, it was the Twins who eliminated the A's. And think about something. In 2001, after one of the great World Series in baseball history, tone-deaf Bud Selig, that glistening saliva little twerp who took over the commissioner, was the nominal commissioner of baseball for a very long time after a coup d'etat against Faye Vincent, announced that baseball was probably going to contract. It was probably going to be the Montreal Expos, and it was probably going to be the Minnesota Twins were going to be the contraction. Baseball expanded too fast, and they went for the fast bucks of the expansion fees instead of dealing with the financial problems they had in the game. And quite frankly, the reason why we had expansion in Miami, in Colorado, in Tampa Bay, and in Arizona was because of collusion. Baseball owners were found guilty of collusion and had to pay millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars to make up for that ruling. They made back all that millions by expanding. Now, it would have made sense if the Twins were in trouble to move the Twins to Miami and move the Expos to Denver. But that's not what happened, is it? So we expanded, and maybe we overexpanded. You know, we got 15 and 15 in the leagues and then try to figure out that schedule and how to make it work. We'll talk about that a little bit later. The Twins were going to be contracted. They were going to be blown up. And the very next year, after they got a reprieve, the next year, after they were going to be contracted, eliminated, they won the division and defeated in a massive upset the heavily favored, storied, 21 straight win Oakland A's team. And then uh, Mays, Joe Mays won game one of the league championship series. And I really thought the Twins are going to go from a team about to be contracted after 2001 to the World Series the next year. And I thought the Twins, a team that was on the block, that was in the chair, that paid the money to the Newsman, or whatever death analogy you want to give, had a chance to be one of the few teams to win a world championship in three different decades, 1980, the 80s, 90s, and then the 2000s. If they did that, they would be the only team to do that, not the Yankees. Nobody else would have done it. And I thought that would have been a glorious, one of the great stories in sports would have been to see the Minnesota Twins go from, you need to be contracted because you can't compete, to, oh really? We're in the World Series. They got to within three games of doing just that. This Twins run under Terry Ryan, under the specter of contraction and playing in the Metrodome 
essentially being the situation that Tampa Bay was in the late 2000s and into the 2010s. That was Minnesota, but with the contraction being put on the table. And they made the postseason in 2002, 2003, 2004, 2006, 2009, and 2010. And only 2010 was in the new ballpark. After years, they say I miss the, the Metrodome. I, 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 you, let me put it this way. You watch the game in the Metrodome and you never said, well, what park is that now? But think about all those years I just said. And if one of those years, just one of those years, the Twins went on to win it all, Terry Ryan might have had that permanent... I can't be fired, force field around them. In 2006, the Minnesota Twins had, in their prime, Joe Maurer, Justin Morneau, Torrey Hunter, Johan Santana. That's, I mean, Morneau won the MVP that year. You could argue there were three better MVPs on that team. Don't forget between, you know, there was that period of time where Johan Santana was the best pitcher in baseball. He was with the Twins. A Rule 5 pickup, by the way, by Terry Ryan. Or there was like, he was a Rule 5 and then waved and picked up. There was all the Rule 5 was always so weird anyway. He would have been looked upon as doing one of the great jobs in the history of general managers if they had won one World Series. If they had won one World Series, forget freaking Moneyball. You would say, look at this. They, they, they won it. They won three straight decades in totally different ways, but they won it despite the specter of contraction, and they did it with superstars who people will remember as Minnesota Twins. If they had won it once. You know, in 2004, the... Twins beat the Yankees in game one of the division series and had a lead in extra innings. Did you remember that? I bet you didn't. They were three outs away from taking a two-game-to-none lead back to Minnesota. And they had a big lead in game four before Ruben Sierra hit a game-tying uh, game homer and the Yankees won that game in extra innings, meaning that if the Twins had scored a run in the ninth inning, would have tied the series, and Johan Santana would have pitched game five at Yankee Stadium. And those days, you didn't beat Johan Santana. 2004 was really two innings away. One inning in, in game one and one inning in game four was really two innings away from the Yankees not even making it to the ALCS. Now, as a Red Sox fan, I'm glad they did because the narrative of 2004 is better with them beating the Yankees than beating the Twins. If they didn't have 2004, they would still be like, well, yeah, you, yeah, you went to the World Series, but you didn't have to, you played the freaking Twins. If they had won that, who knows, maybe the Twins would have beat the Red Sox. And gone on to beat the Cardinals. 2006. 
two close games where they lost at home to Oakland. If they had won that the way that they went on that rampage, they went on rampages to clinch the Central in both 2006 and 2009. 2009 resulting in a one-game playoff. They lost a one-game playoff in 2008. That was almost another division that they won. But what I'm saying is that there would have been a bunch of teams if the 06 team or the 09 team, remember the 09 team had a lead late in uh, uh, game two against the Yankees, and who knows what would have happened if they had split that the first two games. If they had won the World Series one of those years, then... Terry Ryan is someone you look at and go like, man, he took them from contraction to the top of the mountain. And it's in some ways it's not fair to say, oh, his reputation would have been better if what? If they had held the Yankees scoreless for one inning? Was that on Ryan? Was that on Ryan, the two home runs that Frank Thomas hit in game one? of the division series in 2006? Was that on Ryan losing a one nothing game in Chicago to clinch the Central in 2008? No, he put the other team that got him there. And yet, his reputation would have been totally different had it unfolded slightly different. Instead, he's something like, hey, they won a bunch of divisions under him, but it was time to move on. As opposed to, how could we dismiss the man who was the architect of the 2006 world champions? And maybe that's best for Minnesota. Maybe that releasing that allows them to focus on winning again. I don't know. But what I do know is, Terry Ryan is gone. It might be the right thing to do for Minnesota. But his tenure with Minnesota deserves our respect. Go to MLBReports.com to see the up-to-date listings of who owns baseball. Go to SullyBaseball.com, like me on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram, I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. This has been the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast. And I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan, here on the 19th day of July, 2016. And you can call me Sully.